Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. BTOsports.com. Use the code PulpMX when you're checking out. They do ship to Canada. And uh, check them out. Use the code. Save some money. Uh, Andrew Short, Davey Millsaps, Justin Brayton on the BTO Sports KTM team. And uh, also to Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Flex Air, 2016 Flex Air stuff out now. So go to your local dealer, foxhead.com, if they don't carry it. They need to carry the global innovation leader in motocross racewear. Fox Racing. All right, with me on the line to break down, discuss, talk about the Canadian moto season that just wrapped up a couple weeks ago in Walton. Uh, first on the line, he is uh, a Walton vet champion, uh, making more and more comebacks every time. He works at Atlas Brace, Matrix Concepts, the Ryan Lockhart. Noof, what's up? Hey, man, thanks for having me. And it's actually a seven-time champ at Walton. So, oh, okay, yeah, my bad, sorry. Get that right next time. Well, did I see you ran the number one and you grabbed every single hole shot? Uh, all of them except one. Oh. I, uh, Tell I, him who got it. it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to talk about who got the last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also on the line, GuaranteedMX.com's Ryan Gauld. What's up, Galdi? Hey, not much, buds. That was Chris Pomeroy that stole the last mm. hole shot from Ryan Lockhart for the perfect thing, although he did still win the hole shot uh, award thing. Did you end up winning the moto, though, Noof? Yes, yes, I okay. have one. Well, there we yeah. go. No so, sweat. Right. Oh, no sweat, he says. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, hey, look, um, Newf, you used to go to all these things as a racer, and Galdi, you were the announcer before, after you raced them all, and I, I'm just a Canadian who didn't make it even to one race this year. So not all three of us never made it to any races, so maybe we should just – uh, give this podcast to somebody else. Too bad, though, I guess. Too bad for everybody else that we, we have the recording equipment. So, Well, I'm sure there's a few people that would love to step up to do this, but, I mean, really, who's who would want to listen to them? <laughs> That's a good point. We, uh, can, we well, can lie our way through this, no problem. Well, I'm just glad, Noof, that Galdi didn't try to get you kicked off again. Like, Well, there was, yeah, there was no talk about it this time around. I'm actually feeling a little bit of love right now. <laughs> yeah, you should feel secure. He hasn't I, so- I think you should have probably gotten a definite vote against you for the last couple weeks of bailing. You have bailed me. Massa should have, not me. My voice, oh. my, my voice was shot. I could not. I was not in any position to do it. And you call yourself too much talking. Too much talking crap. Um, I guess uh, uh, first of all, uh, Galdi, you, um, geez, between racing and the being the the live announcer, you probably went to how many years of Canadian Nationals in a row? Um, I started basically. in '95 uh, and never missed any. Basically, I missed a few in '04. Four, I think it was. Okay. Uh, but pretty much every one of them uh, since '95 when I turned pro. Um, and but back then though they were just Ontario and Quebec, right? So it wasn't right. quite the distance they're traveling nowadays. 
But uh, once the series picked up, 99, I raced it, 2000. Actually, 2000, I missed a few because of a broken leg. But after that, once I got the job in 02, uh, I never missed a round as far as uh, riding it or working it. Well, except for this year. How was it? Did you miss uh, it? How, did I, you miss being away? Or? Um, 100%. I, I won't lie about that. I missed every minute of it. And then uh, when I did get to see, uh, I went to Gopher News was my first one as a visual. I was... Uh, I was um, Sad, like I was, I was super sad. I, I didn't feel like the job was done as good, and was, the show wasn't as good, and I'm, uh, they missed me for sure, and the series sucks without me. And no, I'm just kidding, but I, I missed it big time. I uh, didn't like not being a part of it this year, this year for sure. Well, that's what happens when you make people angry. Well, I do a lot of it, so I'm used to it, I guess. <laughs> Noof, I was sad. I was sad. He said, "I like it." <laughs> Feelings. Uh, yeah, Nuf, I'm tearing up right now. Noof, you went to the first three, and then Walton? Yes, that's correct. Um, how's everything at Atlas Brace, by the way? Everything good? Yeah, it's good. We've been uh, been busy, honestly. It's been uh, it's been solid all all year, so can't mm-hmm. complain. How's the Villapoto sales? Good? Everything good there? Oh, yeah. It's always good. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Who is that? Yeah. yeah. We, we took them out of all our catalogs, everything. It's, it's, it's uh, I don't know. Gassed them. <laughs> I don't know who's sad or Brady or, or Galdi. <laughs> <laughs> for different reasons. Oh yeah, no. Rick's probably tearing up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Rick, pro- yeah. Rick's way more sad than Brady. Yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so yeah, Goldie, you uh, you didn't get to go. So it must have been a little bit weird sometimes waking up on Sunday morning and this. I mean, I I can't. I you know I, I could get it where you're like, hey, I for ten years I went to every race. You know. Uh, yeah, no, hundred uh, percent. For us, it was kind of weird on Sundays, just kind of following on uh, Twitter and making sure that my Twitter was getting run by someone who I asked. To fill in for me yeah. at the race and stuff like that, and then trying to listen to the uh, to the online show, which was um, tough at times. Um, but uh, it was, yeah, it was uh, kind of a bummer not being a part of a sure. And it, it was one of the years that it, it felt like to be a part of it would have been great. Maybe not any of the stuff behind the scenes because there's always the problems and the knocks on the series and stuff like that. But man, when the gate dropped, especially MX1, holy crap! Like it was like it seemed like it was pure excitement every time the. The, the MX1 guys got to the line. MX2 maybe not quite as much once they hit east, but the MX1 it was like from start to finish uh, nothing but awesome racing. I want to talk about motocross and nations first <clears throat> because okay. I went this morning on on RacerX and the FIM released their motocross and nations entry list, and I got furious. I knew the Canada is not fielding team. Now, Goldie, you were team manager last year, team slash organizer. I knew Canada was not fielding a team this year, but then when you scroll down and you see like literally every other country, crappy Ireland and New Zealand and crappy Poland and crappy Ukraine and crappy Greece and Croatia. Like these are all teams that finished behind Canada last year. Like they're all going back. They have their assigned numbers to where they finished. You know, Canada, what we what we get, 16th or something? It was, uh, well, we're going to weigh 49, 50, 51, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I can't really do that math right now. But, but oh, yeah, sorry. so, but anyways, so basically, like, every other country is going there except for Canada yet again. And, like, Galdi, I feel like you're not maybe telling us the whole story. Like, I feel like you're hiding something because let's, <laughs> let, let me recap. Let me recap this. So, uh, Carl Bastido does a job for Canada Motocross Nations team for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, maybe longer. Um, 50% of the time, it's pretty much crap. Uh, once in a while, he pulls it together and, and actually, you know, had the team has a good support that everything it needs. But basically, the other times, it's kind of a clown show. So somehow, you get on board as a team manager, 
uh, you get elected, or, or I don't know how that went. I don't know who else you were up against. But somehow Carl bowed out because Carl's related to Marilyn Bastido at the CMA. Now, even though they'll swear that that had nothing to do with it, whatever. So he bows out. You get in. Now, look, you've got a lot of flaws, Galdi, but you did a really good job with this team. Um, raised a lot of money. Bikes were shipped. Uh, support staff went. You rented a truck. Like, everything was pretty good. Like, I went by, and, and everything was pretty good. You guys did a good job. You got into the A-Main pretty easily, and whatever went, you did loop it out. You have your number one rider loop out off the start, which was weird, but. Um, stalled it. Okay, stalled it. That was it. Sorry. Uh, the other, the loop out was from Italy. I, I keep forgetting. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I can't keep track of all the Canadian things on the starting line that happened over the years. But, so. And actually, uh, I helped out with some fundraising. You had good funds. You, you, there was a little bit of a surplus at the end, I believe. Yeah. Now, just out of the blue, and this is where I think you're not telling us the truth or something. Out of the blue, Marilyn Bastido at the CMA just says, nah, we're not good. We're good. We're not sending a team. You were ready to do it again, I'm sure. You had the same kind of fundraising ideas. Like, yeah, 100%. Why would, why would she say that? What happened? What did you do? Well, to be honest, I mean, the interview Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Noof. Hold on, Noof. Are you with me, though? Do you feel like Galdi must have did something? I'm waiting for the truth. Here it is, <laughs> on the spot. Let's go. Because it doesn't make any sense. We had a great effort. Everything was great. And you did a great job, Galdi. But something happened. Uh, well, I mean, I pretty much gave you every bit of information in that interview we did a week or so after the event. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like maybe some of the things I said in there... Uh, weren't, you know, super supportive of Marilyn, but I mean, there was no point to be supportive because she was not supportive in anything that we did. Uh, right from the get-go, it was a difficult wall to climb, but uh, everything seemed fine leading into the fall and down into Christmas time and stuff like that, and then I was uh, emailing back and forth with her saying, oh, hey, I've got some stuff ready to go, and mm-hmm. I, I figured it was a shoe-in. Like, I figured, what, how the hell could I not have the position yeah. again? And and why wouldn't she just sit back and, and sort of uh, relish like, in the like fact even, that... Even if she didn't like you or whatever, she can sit back and be like, well, this clown seems to know what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, even... Yeah. 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 100%. And then, so, right around, right over the Christmas holidays, or just before she would have went on holidays, uh, I'm like, hey, so, is everything good to go? Can I start, you know, raising some money and, and uh, working towards what's, what's happening for this, this next year? And she sent me back uh, saying, oh, well, I still need you to put your, uh, your you fill out this application. It was like the simplest application. And I think, didn't you do it a couple of years ago? No. Oh, you never did it? Okay. I thought well, I you th- tried to apply it once. Anyway, I think I was thinking about it, or I might have said something on the radio that I never followed up on. Well, it, it literally is on the, the CMA website. It's okay. an application. It's super simple. Just kind of ask for a background and who you are. And, and incredibly and enough, and they, incredibly enough, Carl Bastido won every year. Yeah. Well, I don't know if there was much competition for the majority of the years. Okay. Um, last year was actually me, Danny Bro, and Frankie Tommy, which I thought was a made-up name, but it ended up being a real guy. <laughs> I, I, I it thought was, it was somebody that made-up name. The guy's name was, was Frankie Tommy or Tommy Frankie. Or it, was, like it, was your, it was your porn name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, she says, I need you to fill out the application again, and everything should be good to go. Okay. I fill out the application, and I hear nothing till about the second week of January, I think. And that's when I got the letter from her with the whole line basically saying that we are not satisfied with the way the, run- the money was raised. Uh, we don't think that the managerial skills were done properly. We will look towards finding someone to fill that position in a more professional manner. 
So after that, of course, I blew a top. Um, <laughs> you, I emailed her back and not, forth again a couple not, times. Not Ryan no Gold that I know. Yet. This isn't the Ryan Gold that I know blowing a top. <laughs> well, okay, so what? You wouldn't have blown a top? No. You been like, oh, Marilyn, you're probably right. No, I right. probably would have sent yeah. a mail bomb to Hamilton. Okay, so I freaking did not send a mail bomb yet. I emailed back two or three times without an answer, asking why. Can I get an answer? Can I do this? And then it kept obviously getting me more angry. So I came up with the letter to write out to let the industry know what was going on and yeah. how she felt and yada yada. And then uh, nothing happened again. And then all of a sudden I started hearing things from everybody else. And to be honest, with the first one was was Billy Bigwave of Direct Motocross writing in it of how saying that, oh, well, Roger DeCoster would never do this, and yada, 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 and then he also called me unprofessional. or the, the, the He agreed with what she said, which, again, set me off. Hold on. No, he didn't. He su- no. A hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. One hundred percent. It's in a, in a Friday update back at the beginning of the year. I could find it if I need to. What'd you do to him? Zero. Well, we've never been tight. We're not on Christmas cards or nothing like that. It's But, but I thought okay. in this venture that he would support what happened more than supporting well, the CMA that has nothing and, to do with the sport. You and I have been pissed off at each other a few times before, but I got to get, I mean, you did a good job. I, I got the, me, and, me and Billy, I've already come. I told Newf about this. This is how it is. He's, I'm Chaz Michael Michael, and he is the, uh, uh, <laughs> Tommy the other guy's name. He's Tommy Franklin or whatever. He he yeah, was uh, Frankie Tommy. Frankie Tommy. He never he doesn't like to upset anybody or or support a side. He just always just plays the straight line down the middle, and that's fine. That's well, didn't the way they it like sound like it. he wanted cool. to? He sounded like he wanted to submarine a side with with this Friday update. But yeah. So anyway, that got me fired, and then I started digging in some more information, and then I heard Andy White had some information, and Andre Lauren had a part to do with things, and yada yada, and all these guys were basically up like trying to. Uh, bombard me out of there. Now, I have zero thoughts that any of these guys actually had conversations with Marilyn Bastido. Okay, I think this is just hearsay stuff going on, but however something transferred around, it basically came back to saying that I did everything in an unprofessional manner. The way that I raise funds is not the way that she wants to do it. She would rather have this committee that goes out and collects funds from a group of people rather than getting the support well, or the, the, uh, the regulars to support it. Noof, I mean, it's worked so well every other year. Why not just do it, stick to her plan? I mean, it was so terrific every single year when f***head Bastido ran it. It was just amazing. Um, and then uh, the other one was that and then finally so I started talking to this guy Patrick Tremblay who is on the board of directors with the CMA (laughs) if you can imagine it even has a board of directors so this guy is like sort of backdooring information to me and they were having meetings about me doing this and everybody was supportive of the role that I did other than Joe Godsell and Marilyn Bastido now you met Joe Godsell out at Latvia last year. He was the guy that was basically walking out of the tent that you figured was going to need a defibrillator every five minutes. And her, they basically vetoed the other votes, which apparently I had more of to, to make it happen again this year. And she just vetoed it and said, no, we're not doing it. Whether it was a personal vendetta or her reasoning behind the way that I got money and, and made it all happen. And, um, what do you think? That was, that's all I've got. That's all I know, man. That is 100% the truth. I wish I had more. Well, I how- wish... How did you raise that. money in the wrong way? Because you got some from CMRC races? Do you think there was that? What uh, is she talking about? No, I don't about? think that, w- that was it at all okay. because it, really, it was not really like, I guess I was at the races. But guess the what CMRC I mean. had no, one, no involvement. Did you sell cocaine to raise money? Uh, no, there was okay. no cocaine sales to raise money. Right. Um, like it I, probably I don't, would have been a lot quicker, but that I, was not a good route to go. I don't understand. Like, you got the money. However you got it, you got it. You did a good job. We raffled off a Pulp MX thing, uh, um, you know, jerseys and shit. 
I don't get that argument. Now, the unprofessional, how would she know? Because Joe Godsell said some things to her? Joe Godsell came back and reported, and one video that we made uh, came out of Cross as being unprofessional. It was the very first video that we made. Again, it's on uh, on the <laughs> on a YouTube channel, on my YouTube channel. Anyway, it's like what, what'd you do? a day I got stuck. I'm I'm stuck in customs because Canada Customs uh, did not fill out a piece of paper properly. So I'm stuck in Latvia Customs, and they're not going to give me these things. And I'm literally dealing with it. Looked like Schwarzenegger's brother, this ginormous Latvian <laughs> monstrous man. And and I don't, he doesn't I don't understand him. This person, this, the Latvian lady that I'm dealing with, they're helping. And so I'm in customs all day, and I give Diggs the camera, and he goes out and just tapes a bunch of things. And then I make a video of it, and it's they're in a mall, they're making jokes. There's a a stall shot of Colton going to the bathroom. Um, uh, they drive a car over. They get stuck behind this fence, and they have to cut across the grass. And it just it was totally right, right. just joking around. No 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 laws being broken. Yeah. Nothing. Outside of it. But anyway, that was, it was not a three sn- minutes. It was not it, a it was snuff film. It was not a it was snuff three minutes film. of an eight-day eight trip. So, and then the other one was is that the riders didn't go to riders' meeting. Uh, and so, because when I was over, I went to riders' meeting. There's no riders there at all. It's all team managers. Mm-hmm. So I just radioed back to uh, the truck and said, hey, guys, don't bother coming. I'll get the information. And it was like they did the start procedure and uh, talked about... Um, mm-hmm. Um, uh, sound testing. There'll be random sound. It was like about a four-minute-long riders' meeting. Jeez. Joe Godsell was right behind me, though, during the riders' meeting. And Oh, by the way, Joe, you got a free trip to Latvia. You got a free trip. Yeah. And then all you're going to do is bitch and moan and complain. Yeah, I'll, I had to get him the free passes and everything, too. That, and this was after Marilyn threatened to cancel the whole trip two weeks prior to the event because she couldn't read Colton Fasciotti's spelling on his CMA license uh, to go to the FIM. So, like, instead of like, instead of just, okay, say, well, okay, Ryan, we don't like that. There's just no team at all. No team, no team at, all. at all. Yeah. There is apparently, unless somebody steps up and comes up with this, this plan that she wants, there will not be a team till Glen Helen. So not next year in Italy right. either. Right. God. Like, I don't under, like, what, what a, just a joke. What a joke show. And of course, and the- you know, I've talked to the people at the FIM and, and said to the FIM, hey, look, Look, jackasses, CMA has nothing to do with Canadian motocross anymore. You need to have CMRC recognized as the official motocross sanctioning body and and work with them because they are now ruling motocross in Canada, good or bad, whatever you want to say about the CMRC. And they won't do that. They just they just they will not change that. Apparently because Maryland is so entrenched in there over there with the FIM in Switzerland, with all the shitty politics, it's a bunch of eighty year old people. That, yeah. that are just clueless, and uh, and and in turn, the Canadian motocross fans just get screwed. Just... So I don't know if you would have seen this, but I, I think it was St. Louis last year. I want to say St. Louis, maybe Indy, but she represents the FIM as their their like person on staff or on site at Supercrosses. So I'm watching. I can't. I'm, I'm pretty, I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, Josh Grant had just got fifth or something. He's getting interviewed on live TV. Sure as shit, who comes walking behind him? Marilyn Bastido on live TV at the Supercrosses. I'm just like, and there's the reason why Canada gets screwed. Yep. And, and this, I, this chick is super indignant. Whether she's got pictures of Giuseppe or Wolfgang with some sort of animal and some sort of pornographic scene, or some sort of other weird sort of uh, bounty on them that they can't get rid of. Yeah, but it is that screwed, and we're screwed for it. It's petty and it's spiteful. 
And that's what she's doing. That's what she's. Yeah. The, that's why she's doing these things. Well, I, you know what, Steve? I appreciate you bringing it up and saying you are because I feel like our entire industry up here didn't support any of it. Didn't support any of it when it went away or didn't even give a shit. Regardless. No. I, well, I it think, went away like it was nothing. It was nothing. Yeah, I just. Uh, so it's and, super, and, now I'm right pissed off. And and, and trust me, when, when <laughs> she's around Toronto. Uh, every year when the when the Supercross series visits, all I hear from all the people in charge is what an idiot she is, how she just gets in the way, how she's clueless. So good job, Marilyn. Good job, CMA. You're doing a good yeah. job. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. That's a shame, big time. So, and the funny thing is, though, like all the, the six guys that just went to Indiana, they all had to deal with her to go down to Indiana. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No issues there. Yeah. Well, Okay. I mean, I believe you. I, I, I was half joking about you not telling us the same story because it does seem, after the season that it was down there and the year the race that it went, it does seem like it's just got to be something that you did. And we know it's not. It's petty. It's spiteful. It's 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 just a sh- shit hate from her. And it's well, it's even garbage. if it was something it's I garbage. did, how, why couldn't someone else step in and do a team? Yeah, why couldn't Noof step up? Exactly. Why couldn't Noof? I know Andy White had his name in the mix, even though he says he doesn't. He's a weird little guy. He is like that. But he, uh, you know, there was that, and they were trying to build this committee up, and it, and it didn't work or something like that. I'm like, why do you have to have this committee? Sling your asses at the races. Do what I did. It was not hard work. He just answered some emails and got on the phone and yeah, exactly. got some prizes. And, like, it wasn't like this out-of-this-world thing that I did, man. I wasn't – I didn't stress and get on the sleep and all this stuff. Everything really kind of came together quite simply. All you did was – Make phone calls and make it happen. Yeah, and and, and, and with your connections and and everything yeah. else, the money was raised. Everything was great. Yeah. So Did you it ever... sucks. I mean, for Team Canada, I mean, you know, we would have had a fairly good team again this year. You know, likely uh, Cole, Colton, and and uh, and Cavan, or maybe even Tyler on the little bike, something like that. So like, we would have had another solid team, a little more experience on my side and the team side, and I think it could have only gotten better. I think this would have been something. By the time we got to Glen Helen in two years, we could have been a, a top 10 team and then made it a, t- a top 10 consistent team for years to come. Knew if you knew it really bugged Galdi because he was arguing with people on Twitter about Indiana being not as good as MXTN. <laughs> yeah. He's very angry. Well, it's pretty frustrating, though. I, uh, oh, yeah. I don't even know what to think sitting here. I mean, why is the CMA still even around? Like, motocross and motorsport you know, is so small in Canada. How the hell does Marilyn even sustain a job still? Like, it's a great it's, question. Great it's question. Zero. It's honestly zero, man. How is she, I, jet, how is she jetting off to St. Louis and Switzerland and, and, and sending, you know, going to motocross the nations and everything else? How is that working out? I, I don't know, man. She's doing something better than we are, I'll tell you that. It's but, just. But it's, that's the weird. How the hell? There's got to be a way, like a, some sort of committee or something to, to get that uh, fixed. Like, well, but. I don't know. I sent that letter and everything to uh, everybody at FIM. I found every contact. I sent them all emails. I, I I did it like three or four times. Not one person got back to me. Oh, I, I also pursued that uh, to fi- try to find out exactly what's going on. And I had some pretty good contacts, Golly, about people to talk to at the FIM, and I got zero yeah. with that. Zero. So th- those guys are just as much in board as everything Maryland's got going on anyway. So, um Honestly, she needs to die for things yeah. to change. She really does. And 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 whatever you can say that's mean or whatever, but for 30 years now, it's been nothing but problems in Canadian motocross and a lot of it has to do with the CMA and their structure and everything else and that's the only way it's going to change. And uh say what you want, like I said, uh you don't wish anybody to die, but that's what has to happen because she's not letting this thing go. 
And yeah. when, when, when she's spiteful and mean and she costs the Canadian motocross fans, um, you know, ability to see Team Canada at the, the world's biggest race year in and year out, it's a, it's a joke. So so let me know when you, sh- when you want to go down to Burlington there when you get in town. I'll come with. I thought it was Hamilton. Whatever, Hamilton. I don't know if it is or not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's let, vent, it, vent over. Rant over. Yeah, way to start me off pissed off. Now I'm going to just thrash you. Should have seen, you should have seen me this morning when I looked at the release, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I knew we weren't going, of course. but Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Noof, so Kevin Benoit, the MX2 national champion, second year in a row uh, on the two-stroke. Um, of course, they changed the rules last year. You had to race one or the other. He chose a two-stroke. Do you think his dominance – I talked to some guys that he raced against. Now, of course, they're biased because Kevin – beat everyone down all year right um do you think it was because of the two-stroke was that a huge advantage did did cmrc make a mistake here i mean i think it had its times when it was definitely an advantage but you know i know that all the competitors were you know all pissy and stuff with the two-stroke and the fact that you know he whole shot at however many motos in a row and mm-hmm. this and that but i honestly think the outcome with how good he was this year and how you know, he was on top of his game right from the get-go. I still think that it would have been the exact same in the end, if even if he yeah. was on a four-stroke. And yeah. I don't think too many people would disagree with me, except for the guys that he was racing against. Well, in full disclosure, the people I talked to competed against him or, or owned teams that competed against him. So yeah. <laughs> they're a little biased, let's say. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, on the starts, for dude, sure. He was I up mean, front every single start photo I saw. Exactly. Well, he I went. Think, sorry to interrupt you, Noof. He went. What did he go there on the east? He went eight for eight or seven for eight and a seven in a row or something, right? Something like that. Yeah. And I mean, I mean for sure that was definitely you know an advantage for the for the two stroke and the sand and whatnot. But I mean, regardless, even if he had a start of fifth or sixth on a four stroke, he probably he would have still won. I mean, he was hands down the most dominant rider all year. What do you think, uh, Galdi? Two-stroke thing? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? How much did it help him? Well, I mean, at West, it, it looked like it helped uh, the odd time and whatnot, but it looked like it was it, the, the the rule was in play because I think when once they came to go for dunes, there was only a, a 10 or 12. No, I think there was a six-point difference between him and Jeremy, and then Dakotas was third, only like 13 points back because he had a DNF. So it looked like everything was sort of in play, but all of a sudden go for dune hits, and both starts – no problem. Big, long, straight this year at Gopher News. Not quite as short as it used to be, so it may have catered a little bit in, in there. He got both starts. You go next week in a San Lee, it's a way shorter start, but that inside gate is the, the prominent one. Uh, he's able to pick it. He actually doesn't get to the turn first, but he just tucks and tucks, comes out both starts again. At, at Deschambeau, a short left-hand turn, but a very fast one. He gets the starts again. Like I mean, I don't. I mean, you'd think the four-stroke rate has that first 10-feet advantage, and none of the guys could pull it off. And uh, But I agree with Noof, man. He was, like, on point this year. Whether it was a four-stroke or a two-stroke, I don't see him getting beat. Uh, when you watched Jeremy and, and Dakotas, when they could get behind him, even Moffenbeier, they looked like they were riding their bikes so hard compared to what he was able to do when he was in the lead, uh, just by keeping that momentum and riding smart. He didn't really even need to... Like be on the gas all the time. He was just able to keep that momentum, and it, it it helped. Now, I don't see I see it being an advantage of maybe being easier to keep a momentum in the, in the long, long sand turns. But all that tight stuff, those guys just they weren't as good either. Though they weren't in and out as quick as he could do it. And uh, once he was in front, there was just there was no getting around him, and 
he was in front a lot. You know, it'd be interesting to see Newf is uh, say like Jeremy or Dakotas jump on a two-stroke next year, and see like all of a sudden if they become an unbeatable guy, because we really don't know. You know, I, well, I, I don't. I, I don't. Do think we not? So, though. Do we not think that they're going to make it to change again? Like, how are the manufacturers going to let this happen again? Well, who's been saying that for three years, Goldie? Me. <laughs> well, I know exactly, but they still find a way to do it, and now. Was is this the year that it was so dominant that it's got to go away? How do you how do you and this is the same thing that MX Sports runs against. You have your OEM partners, and how do you just f them over and say ah, the three of you that don't make two strokes, too bad. You know what I mean? I I don't understand how Mark can get away with that. It's just to me the market, Steve Marcy, the allowing the intermediates is like oh, I just need cash and entries, bro, and I don't care what I do. I'm selling my soul. Now the two stroke. I just need I just need. Two strokes because they, they will get me cash and entries, you know. And well, I, how come? How come none of the other guys, like Jimmy Dakotas, could have rode a wise at two fifty two stroke this Yamaha year? Yamaha told them not to. Yamaha didn't want right. to. They don't. They don't really promote that bike. You they, know, they want to support it, or they don't want right. to just win a championship. Where KTM do either one? Do either one of you jerk? Do either one of you jerkies? Neither one of you thinks that if Benoit was on a four stroke, he would he wouldn't have won, right? You both think he would have won no matter what. Yeah, I yes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's probably the, the bottom the line. Two, the right. two-stroke, uh, you know, over the period of the series, the two-stroke is definitely the more technical or more, you know, advanced bike to ride. It's tougher. It's not as easy as the no. four-stroke. Yeah, it's it definitely. So takes I mean, a, yeah. that proves to me that, you know, just you know, hands down, that he was the better rider all around. Noof, yeah. noof. I think it's time for a two-stroke for you, Walton. Now. I, I have no interest in riding those. They're too hard to ride. I ride the four-stroke because they're easy. I just, I just rode one at the freaking Husky Test uh, at Bud's Creek a couple weeks ago. They're, I, they're awful. Worst bikes ever made. <laughs> Two strokes are, I can't even believe no. people rode those things right? years ago. <laughs> no, you, well, you watch old races, and it was just a battle of mistakes. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was who made the least amount of stakes because you were all making them because the bikes were pipey. They were hard to ride perfect, and the jumps were hard to make. Especially Supercross, and and you yeah. know, it was the guy who Jeremy McGrath who wouldn't make mistakes, you know. So, yeah. um, Dakota's really, as the series went east, Galdi really fell off a little bit, huh? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I wish I had a chance to talk to him a little bit more there, but I just he just definitely did not seem as strong on the east coast. Uh, I guess you would have thought he'd be a little bit more of a sand guy, being from yeah. uh, the NESC area. But yeah, he just he got he you know what really hurt him his starts. Like he was never. Uh, there was a couple times he was outside the top ten, and uh, he just couldn't pick his way through, and he couldn't make it happen. Yeah. And once he, if he did start second though, behind behind Cavan, he gave him fits. He kept it close, mm-hmm. but he could never make a move. There was never a moment where he could get in and stab him and really sort of get into his head, and it just seemed to bite him. And then I, I would assume that after, well, Cavan, like I said, he went he went uh, well, eight wins in a row. Yeah, the, 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 the first four rounds, uh, Jimmy won two, Kevin won two. They go to Gopher, Kevin wins, Jimmy gets second, but still no problem. And then from there, Jimmy goes 5-4, five, 5-4-3, four, five, four, you yeah. know? So, like, I don't know if the, 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 you know, Jimmy's never really done a whole season. And this year uh, did the uh, Supercross and then, you know, the whole year. Maybe it caught up to him. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what what did you make of Jeremy Medaglia's uh, Medaglia Medaglia performance, uh, Noof? What did you think all year on the uh, Gopher Dunes Honda? 
Yeah, you know, I thought it was uh, it was probably the most solid year that maybe he's ever had. I mean, as far as consistency goes, he was uh, you know he was good every every weekend. Um, you know, his starts were average. He just didn't quite have the raw. He had a crappy, crappy Walton. Whatever happened at Walton, I don't know. But. Yeah, Walton was a disaster for him. But um, mm-hmm. I mean, overall, up to that point, I mean, but. he was pretty consistent and in good starts, and thought that he rode good. Walton, honestly, I have no idea what happened. I saw some. I was there, obviously didn't see. He tried to make some stupid pass on uh, Joey Crown. I think he was just trying to take him out or whatever. But uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was good. I, I think a good building block for him. Mm-hmm. Um, why in the hell he ever chose to ride the 450 at uh, Indiana last weekend? That was a bit of an offside move to me. But Well, um, I, I, I wrote that too, and Digger, his team owner, told me that. Jeremy wanted to ride it, and he's promised yeah. that he could ride it. So Jeremy, it was Jeremy's yeah. choice. But it does yeah, seem fair weird. enough. Yeah. Fair enough, but I, I think overall, though, a good year for Jer. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, considering you know the year that he came off of last year on the Cowies, I think it was uh, you know a big improvement. The uh, Moffenbier Galdi got worse uh, at the be- it was worse in the beginning on the west side where you think he would do well, and then all of a sudden he got he a little hurt. better. Oh, he's hurt. Okay, he came in hurt and just kept getting better as he kept feeling almost like the once we get to MX one like Colton, they kind of came in hurt and under right. the radar and. Uh, just kind of got better as they were able to ride more, I believe. Cole Martinez, the leading edge guy, didn't really get to see what he could do. Hurt himself, right? He knocked himself yeah, out. Yeah, he rung his bell. He actually wasn't yeah. supposed to be back towards the end of the season there. His doctors and stuff, from what I heard, told him not to go race, and he ended up going racing anyway after he hit his head at uh, Calgary, I think it was. Yeah. Nanaimo. When it was in Nanaimo, Nanaimo. Yeah, he yeah. rung his bell big time, I guess. Got lost it in was, the airport. It was and, bad. A whole bunch of bad stuff going on there. So uh, luckily yeah. he was fine, obviously, and, and came back. But um, not a uh, not a great year at all. Before the season started, we did a preview podcast. I don't know if you guys remember, but I was ranting and raving about how there's no young Canadian talent coming up, or who was it, you know? And Galdi, you brought up Dylan Wright, and um, this year sixth in the series, uh, he missed one race also. Um, and then Jess Pettis, who's on the on the leading edge or not, Monster Kawasaki, he's not leading edge anymore, right? No, he's a GA check. Or no, no, sorry. No, no, no. Vernon Motorsports That's it. Privateer Yamaha. Pooh Pettis? Yeah, 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 no, he got uh, the boot see. off of the other team. Okay, see, I didn't know this. So, uh, first up, we'll, we'll deal with uh, Pettis. Noof, what'd you think? Ninth overall? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of top tens in there. I I remember seeing this kid a couple of years ago when he was like 15 and 16, and I think Lissamore was saying, like, he's going to be awesome, and he really wasn't. And uh, I, I guess there's something there. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, he had a, he did miss one round, I guess, from injury or whatever, but uh, other than that, I mean, it was good to see him make it to all the rounds and and race, because that was like the first time, because he's been injury plagued for Mm -hmm. ever. Um, He has like serious talent on the bike, and his speed is a lot better than even his results show, but uh, he's still pretty haywire out there and needs to smoothen out, uh, you know, to get Mm -hmm. to the next level. But I think speed and, and skill on the bike is right up there, you know, to be in the top five. But, um, you know, just one of those other things needed a year to build, right? And right. you can't jump right in there and and make it happen. So I think, uh, you know, ninth, was, if that's what he got in the series, pretty good. But, yeah. you know, pr- more realistic fifth or sixth place speed. Uh, what do you think of Dylan Wright's uh, year, Galdi? Switched back to, from a two-stroke to a to two, uh, four-stroke on the MX-101 team. Well, uh, just quick with Pettis, I think Newf saying that how he made it through the series, that's, that experience he gained I think is going to make him a little bit better next year. He finally got that whole series thing. But And now to Dylan, I, 
I thought he was going to be, um, well, at the beginning of the year, I called it. I said, he'll get some podiums. He won't win any races. And actually, his old man got pissed at me because I think we said that he wouldn't get any overall podiums. And he got two this year, I think, maybe three. Um, uh, no, I didn't but, say that. I didn't say that. I've always been a believer. It's probably you. Yeah. For, no, I didn't blame me. It's always me. Uh, but uh, he, he was good at times. But then at other times, he was just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you an eighth? Why are you DNFing? What is going on here? <laughs> So I, I felt like this year he almost had the same style of year of what um, uh, Pettis did, not in the sense that they finished sixth and ninth, but he had some moments that were awesome and then right. moments where you're scratching your head. Um, I honestly thought that he, well, I mean, he got sixth. I thought he would have should have been top five. But uh, it, it was like back-to-back years, almost the same thing, where he just that inconsistency bit him in the ass. Like in and it shows he's got podium speed because he can yeah. hit it. Yeah. And then the next time he'd be ninth or tenth or whatever in a moto, and you're just like, what the hell? How do you do that? And then you'd see a moto like Calgary. Newf was there. The second moto, the kid goes down and is like 35 seconds behind last place and uh, charges to sixth. Yeah. Like it's it just ridiculous how fast the kid can go, and then all of a sudden he's somewhere else. Two things. He is probably the second worst starter in Canada besides Kyle Keith. <laughs> he never started. Uh, if he started in the top five one moto this year, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, he's terrible at starts. And second thing, his podium rides that he got were, like, unbelievable. Like, dug deep, worked hard, charged right mm-hmm. to the end, like, was brilliant. But then, on the other hand, his sixth, seventh, eighth place rides were, like, that's not even the same guy. So it was either one or the other with him. Yeah. But when he was on, I mean, towards the end, you know, he missed around. I think he missed Moncton. Then he comes back and finishes on the podium at Alverton. So he yeah. has the talent and the speed. Just needs to yeah, uh, like to like a out. like a kid like that will figure it out, right, Noof? I mean, yeah. he, like, right? Don't you think? I, I yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I heard uh, he's probably going to get a pretty good uh, pretty good ride next year, maybe if, from what I'm hearing. So we'll see if that uh, Whoa. If that helps things. MX101 out. I, I I'm not sure. I just heard a couple things. Oh, KTM, I guess. Well, people they signed are, people a three-year deal. Uh, yeah, I thought, thought so too. I heard now, and now uh, this is off the record. Well, it's not off the record. <laughs> Can't be. You're on a podcast, bro. <laughs> We're on the record here. I heard that he has a three-year deal, but the second or the third year is optional or something mm. like that or whatever. However, that so works. KTM like I, said, needs, I don't know. So KTM needs a dude, right? That's yeah. who I'm thinking. Well, yeah, they need right. the next Canadian guy to fill in for sure. Right. Yeah, so uh, I would think that it would be either between him and Moffenbier. Right. You know? um, yeah. Big big gap in the points in MX2 though. Like Benoit walked away almost a hundred point lead. Dakota's Medallia right there, and then you know Moff and Savage right. Like clear distinction of speed in the MX2. It seemed like every week, you know. Um. But go ahead, Nuf. Uh, oh, well, yeah, I wasn't listening. Sorry. Okay, fa- fantastic, great. Atlas Brace. Atlas Brace works though. No, one hundred percent, Tommy. Frankie Tommy? Is he on the line? Yeah, <laughs> Tommy. He's going to replace me. <laughs> yeah, new uh, Goldie wanted Frankie Tommy to replace you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, other than until Moffenbeier got, like, faster or got healthier or whatever, it was the top three guys gone, and then the gaps filled in every, mm-hmm. by everybody else with Savage or, or Wright with the one or, one, or, uh, right. one or two times they got up there. And then after that, like, you had your Nauditz, Berger, right. um, Pettis, uh, battles going on back there with those guys, but if, yeah, uh, after the top three, there was like it was big gaps. If I'm off, I, it's time to move up. It's just not going to work. I mean, you, I know, you know what? I know he was hurt and everything, but you know what I mean. Just... Moffenbier, no. I would say honestly, was probably 
the second best guy in the series. You think? If it was if it wasn't for he threw away so many motos. Even the round I only went to four rounds. Yeah. Well, in the, at least in the first three rounds, he was in like third, and then he would like throw it away and finish eighth or whatever he'd get. Like mm-hmm. that guy is like, you know, his good rides were really good, but man, he threw away a lot of podiums and a lot of top fives just on stupid little crashes or fallovers or right. whatever. Uh, Seth, Rarick, I was going to go ahead. Boldly say that next year he is. If we do this beginning of next year, he's my pick for the title. If he rides MX2. Yeah. Do we know Benoit's moving up, obviously, but Dakota Sermadalia. Do we know what's going on with him for next year? Who knows? Uh, Jeremy had a two-year deal, so he's back with GDR. Well, in uh, in MX2 though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, as far as Dakota, no, not too sure yet. Right. Digging in, digging into that soon enough. He seemed to like um, it. I talked to him a few times. He seemed to like it up there, man. Oh, I, dude, yeah. this, this is a perfect series for him. Yep. People love him up here. He can make some good money. Well, easy the on the good, easy on the good money. It's MX2 in Canada, but. Well, I mean, he'll get some money from contingencies and stuff like that. Right. Right. Like he could come up here and make twenty-five to fifty grand, depending on how he's finishing. Stop it. He can't make that much. Dude, a championship pays like twenty, twenty-five. From who? From all the manufacturers. Okay. That's pretty standard. Right. And you know, when he wins a moto, it's four hundred bucks. Yeah, like, I mean, it's four hundred right there. <laughs> I mean, he's got God. he's cashing checks of four hundred dollars. Yeah. No, and I meant there's got to be some salary in there a little bit and all that stuff. Okay, maybe uh, it's not like a check for fifty grand at the end of it all, but I'm just saying uh, over Seth, the course of the year. Seth Rarick was on a two-stroke also, and a solid guy. Solid results, but his year was just shit, just garbage. Nah, he, garbage. He left his he hated team his at some bike. point. Right? He hated his bike all year long. Uh, Mike Treadwell showed up at the end to ride <laughs> MX2. Mike Treadwell, everybody. Can you believe he rode an MX2 bike? Like, no. What the hell? Why would he do that? I don't he know. Two-stroke, man. Yeah. Oh, he was on a two-stroke? Two yeah, stroke. he was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Let me Before we move to MX1 here. Give me, uh, give me your surprise and your disappointment in the MX2 class. Uh, could be, could be a track, could be a race, could be a team, could be a rider, could be anything really. Uh, I'll start with you, New. If I knew I threw you on the spot here, but uh, give me a surprise and a disappointment. Uh, disappointment was Cole Martinez for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think that his speed. I mean, he was he was pretty good, but right. he wasn't a championship guy. Is it just right me? The They're probably, guys are probably going to get mad if they listen to this, but is it just me, or does the Monster Cowie team kind of need an overhaul? Is it just yeah. Is it just me? Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. No, it's not just you, I don't okay, think. Okay, okay. Right. Uh, right now it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and, disappoint, and uh, surprise, I should say? Surprise, uh... Who was even in there? I don't even know. Uh, thanks, 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 Prep. Tommy, Frankie, Tommy would have would have. <laughs> Frankie, but... Tommy showed up at Regina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, our biggest surprise would probably be uh, just the dominate. Well, I don't want to say that. Probably Dakota's not winning more motos from what I saw of yeah. him at uh, the first round. I mean, he was unbelievable at Kamloops, and I thought to myself after seeing that day. I questioned his conditioning coming in. Right. I said, "Man, there's we, no I, way." This I did guy too. Is gonna, yeah, I did too. Yeah. There, there's no way this guy's gonna, gonna. I mean, he's gonna be a contender right down. I mean, he yeah. was a contender, but losing by 100 points at the end was a bit of a surprise because the series kind of mm-hmm. unwind it for him, right? So yeah, uh, unwound for him. Unwound, unwound, uh, uh, unwound. Uh, uh, Galdi, surprise and disappointment from MX2. Uh, my surprise was Jess Pettis. Okay. Uh, loved the kid all year long. Did a privateer thing. His old man like. 
took the summer off and they bought a motor home and basically sold the farm to put Jess on the tour and he made it through every round and, and got solid points and put his name on the map as far as a, uh, I think what he was fourth best Canadian. If we look at stats like that. Uh, so Jess Pettis, my surprise, my disappointment was, fifth, uh, fifth best Canadian. Fifth. And yeah. which one am I missing in there? Medallia. Moff, yeah, Benoit, Benoit, Moff, Moff, uh, Dylan Wright. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Pettis. Fifth best. My bad. Right. Um, so it's still my surprise, though. I, I thought the kid did a great job and the family and that. I just, I'm one of those guys. I like that whole that whole scene of the family doing the whole deal. And then uh, my biggest disappointment. I got to kind of agree a little bit with what Steve said and also what uh, what you said, Newfa. The Monster Thor MX2 plan um, just was a disappointment to me all year long, from start to finish. I said at the beginning of the year that Cole Martinez was going to be the biggest disappointment. I think you he did. made that happen. And then when they hired Sean Rice. That just solidified my idea of going, Jason Jason Hughes, where are you going with what? any budget or money you have? What would MX2 be in Canada without Sean Rife appearing out of nowhere? Just oh like, like, a, like, a, like a fog rolling in. Um, I just, Sean I Reif. don't even get it sometimes. I don't know. I just, I find it, I just, uh, I don't know. I'm well, it's like, they, it's like they didn't know any other rider besides somebody that rode on a team three or four years ago. Like they should have brought back up Gavin Grasick or uh, uh, Donnie McGordy. Um, Tyler Schoberg. Tyler oh. Schoberg. Well, Hambone's yeah. around. Get Hambone. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah I want to be a super you can hire that guy. <laughs> Hambone. He was at Walton. It wasn't pretty. Oh. What, riding? No. No. Oh, oh, oh. Um. Just being a dickhead. Just an absolute cancerous sore on the sport. <laughs> Yeah. I like it. That's, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm finally not going to get anybody pissed at me for a podcast. It's gonna be Who would get pissed at you for talking crap on that guy? That guy is a douche as far as the word can stretch. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, one of the things for MX2 that's really cool, like, like I follow sport pretty closely, and uh, there's so many American dudes that I've never heard of that, like, are going to MX2 in Canada. Like, it's kind of cool, right? Like, Dustin Creason and Marcus Nielsen and uh, Tegan Williams. Well, he's Canadian, but he's Canadian. Uh, yeah, just these dudes you never really heard of, and they're they're showing up in nationals. I think that's awesome. If you're like a B rider or up and coming pro rider, you get your feet wet in Canada racing MX2. You know, damn so. right you can, man. It's a great series, long motos. Your uh, live television or not live, but a TV series. You could you get in time like that. That Creason kid got tons of TV time. It's playing uh-huh. on the states right now and. And uh, I actually, funny little side note there, that kid thought he was going to come up and, and whoop some ass this summer, I guess. Well, can you blame him when Joey Crown wins? Well, <laughs> Joey Crown's a whole other story. Well, There's I'm... a guy on the hot spot. Okay, let me ask you this. Does Joey Crown, if he gets a contract from Leading Edge or KTM or OTSF for whatever it could be, let's call it 50 grand here and a bunch of bonuses there, does he take it or he says, no, 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 I got my state stuff going on? Uh, I don't know. Is but he's still a B rider, right? So he's not going pro. So why? No, he's going. He'll be going A after mini O's here in November. Okay, I guess you take it. I don't know, because right now you know? it's not a ton of rides in America. You know, same with Sanai. Well, he's a he's a Team Green Monster kid, so obviously everything is looked after. I would assume and all that kind of jazz. And he'll be a front runner coming, and he won a title at Loretta as in B. But I mean, like. You know, say a two-year deal comes up. The kid's only 16. Right. Two-year deal. He gets his feet wet, does long motos, learns how to ride a series, learns how to be in shape because there's great competition, all that kind of stuff. You know, either makes some money or gets through it and then moves into the States. Is that a, a good plan? 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, golly, jeez, you're really aggressive with this. Um, Sounds uh, like you're working for the CMRC. I know, right? Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And same with Sanai, too. He doesn't really have a home uh, down here, you know, and guy went 4-4 at Walton. Uh, I'll throw one more at you before we go to MX1. There's one rider on the block that can ride MX2 next year now. Tyler Medaglia. Yeah. Why? How? Because his his five-year run is over. Oh, it's five years. Five years, yeah. Would he do that? He's he's actually he writes for me on my site now, and he said that the last couple of weeks actually that it's he's interested in it, and there are some teams that he's talked to already about uh-huh. it, and he's actually got something um, for the GNCCs coming up. If the final ones go well, I guess Kawasaki in the U.S. is coming back like crazy strong uh, as far as off road goes, right? And there's talk of doing an off road uh, uh, deal, Canada deal type thing going on right now. Hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. that'd be interesting. So. Um. Should I go into the rant about Stally needing to up the purse and make it thirty minute motos, or does everybody understand that? That I'm just going to yeah, ask you. Should just one of you just dub that in from our old podcast, or any of the other four, four or five yeah. podcasts I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a joke. It's a joke. It's a freaking joke. It's a national series now, Stally. Don't. It's not going to change. Wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to put money into that. No, um, no, there's no change in that, buddy. Did you two jerkies race against uh, Matt Crown, or is he before your time? Uh, I did for sure. Yeah. I did like one one year in the early two thousands. Oh, okay, yeah. So there we go, he's folks. Good. He was good in his day. Yeah, and now, yeah, no, he was good. And now his kids racing just to make you feel older. Kid killed it at Walton. Um, man. He was so impressive. I wish Kiefer would have done the whole series too. He was getting better. Twenty one and then ninth. He was by the end. He would have got first. What What happened to that program, anyways? I don't know. I think he just got too busy. He's supposed to come up and do Sandalie and Deschambeau. Sandalie and yeah. yeah, two more. Yeah, he got oh, busy. He got busy. Oh, okay, he got busy. Um, all right, we'll take a commercial break here on the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Use Pulp Mex 15 to save yourself uh, 15, 10% at Racetech.com for suspension needs and the Dirt Cheap Helmets. Use RiderX code to save 5% at DirtCheapHelmets.com. And we'll be right back with Ryan Lockhart and Ryan Gauld here. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore, some of the guys just using uh, Racetech, Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to Pulp MX. 2015 when you order you can save 10 percent at racetech.com and they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast and we thank you guys all right back to the show dirtcheaphelmets.com is dedicated to protecting your head and your wallet the site is hands down the coolest and easiest to use in the helmet world 
DirtCheapHelmets.com is the one-stop shop to get helmets for you and everyone you love without breaking the bank. We have helmets for our grand opening starting at $40, and that includes free shipping. These are all new helmets that we get a great deal on and pass the savings on to the customer. This includes free shipping on all helmets and a no-hassle exchange policy. We have a wide range of brands including Fly, HJC, Shoei, G-Max, and more. Podcast customers can get 5% off these already smoking good deals by using promo code RIDERX. And we're back. BTOsports.com, or RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. This is the Canadian Motocross Wrap-Up slash Rant Show. Um, <laughs> the new f- and, uh, from Atlas Brace and uh, Ryan Gall from GuaranteedMX.com. One thing, new that you're guaranteed to get a Guaranteed MX is a guy who doesn't go to all the races. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he calls himself media. I'm oh. joking. I'm joking. Hey, I, I, no, I, I personally wasn't there, but I've got a great little workforce underneath. They do a good job. <laughs> workforce. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> got people lining up to be a part of Guaranteed MX. Did you? Did anybody from the powers that be, Galdi, say like, "Hey, you want to come back next year?" Or "Hey, we missed you?" Or any like, were there any were any uh, bridges mended at all? Or no? Uh, there was a drunken argument with Travers at Walton about it all, and uh, nothing and nothing that I can remember came of it. Um, but uh, zero, zero from anybody. Not even uh, barely anybody as far as the staff side of thing. When I seen them, it was I was I really. It, there's another thing that kind of made me bitter and pissed off. But I almost felt like they were all a bunch of Maryland Bastidos. Yes. Oh, Am geez. I asking too much? Am I, I, I? You know, I used to goon uh, my buddy Pomeroy all the time about feeling like the industry owes him or something. And this summer, I'm just like, I feel like I was just, I was a part of nothing for the last 25 years on that side of things. Although Guaranteed MX and Ammo and all the other stuff I'm doing are going amazing, right. but on that side of things, it was just like, oh yeah, hey, what's up, man? Uh, one thing I've learned in my time too, the gate drops without you, with or without you, and you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm the same way. I've been going down here for since 1996. I've been going to these races, and if I don't go tomorrow, no one will care. And it's really weird that weird that way. But everyone's wrapped up in their little world, you know. Yeah, I guess that's what it yeah. is. I learned that a little bit this year. Yeah. So there's a bit of bit of bitterness there, a little Betty, Betty bitterness, but uh, yeah, you'll get over it. Um, yeah, no, I think I am. Okay, so MX1, uh, Gerke wins the title, second title for him. He uh, only got two overalls. Uh, Colton got three. Uh, Fasciati got th- or Metcalf got three. Fasciati got three. Gerke only got two. And I got to be honest, I was talking to Andre Lauren the other day. And uh, Noof, I'll start with you. I was surprised that look, Matt broke his collarbone in the final round, and we know he's going to sand. But I was surprised he was that good. Like he was solid right away. Me too. I know. Uh, if I remember correctly, I I <laughs> I didn't even have him picked as a top three guy coming into the series <laughs> just because of the fact. New team, new bike, arena cross all year, no testing time, broken collarbone, uh, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually wrote a thing in the program um, for the East and the West, and never, I never didn't even have him, I've had him like fifth or something like that. And uh, we, had a co- we had a conversation at Walton that when it was all said and done, and uh, he's like, He's like, so you really think I was a fifth place guy? And I said, honestly, I did. I did. Like, I, you totally surprised me. Um, he came in, he looked ready. He looked squirrely as hell at, uh, at Kamloops, like fighting the bike and, mm-hmm. 
and pushing over his head. I mean, I was out there too. I was getting lapped and he crashed in front of me and I was like, holy Jesus, this guy is a mess, but he was up front and he rode his heart out until he got uh, a little more comfortable on the bike and man, he made it happen. Yeah. What'd you think, Goldie? Uh, well, we all like we all said at the beginning of the year, there's no way he's gonna gonna beat Medi or Fasciati. And by Jesus, was he ever impressive, man? He, yeah. I mean, Gopher Dunes, he was he was what we thought it was gonna be. Yeah, that that's no surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But every other round, it's like his damage control was so good. Although the sort of crappy thing, I suppose, about it was that he could always get back to fifth or fourth. Yeah, no the matter depth, where the depth, where he started, the depth wasn't uh, great. Yeah. You know, proof well, when there's proof, only uh, when there's only 20 guys on the gate at at Moncton or 25 well, yeah. guys on the gate, like he, his freaking chain falls off in Moncton, and he, I'm thinking, like I'm watching on Twitter, I'm like, oh, his series is over, you know, his chain falls off. The guy puts it back on with his hands, <laughs> and then it comes back to fifth or sixth in the moto. It's like fifth, fifth, yeah, yeah, fifth. Like he couldn't, you know, normally that would be a championship, you know, cha- yeah. game changer. Yeah. Well, he went the five guy, one. Yeah, exactly. Five one. Yeah, it was, he uh, was. He was impressive, man. Like for sure. And uh, um, other than the the last uh, um, kill switch gate, whatever we're calling it, uh, other than that, there was yeah. he was solid all year. He was Gurky Gurky Robocop. Like he was solid all the time. Yeah, I was surprised, man. Um, at his and going back to the guy, we all I think we all picked Metcalf, and this goes to the Monster Cowie team. Two DNFs for Medi, right? Two blown up bikes. Yep. yep. Um, any problems of his own, or just blown up? Like, um, and no, the blown up bikes were just those things. But uh, the one uh, moto, where was it? Um, uh, he was like leading and ended up getting. I think it was Moncton. I think it might have been Moncton. It was. It was Moncton where he was. He was either leading or running second behind Thompson, and was right there and should have been first or second by the end. It ended up like fourth. That yeah, was the only one that I saw where he like lost points right, right. on his own. Um, other than that, he was solid across the board. Other than the, the two DNFs bit him. If you average out his points in all the other motos, it would have gave him, uh, I think, like fifty some odd points or fifty eight points, something like that. Right. Which would have put him uh, tied or just yeah, behind Fasciati. Would have been right in there. He, you know what's what's crazy about him, and, and you might be able to correct me on this, but when I watch, even though he was you know dominant at Kamloops and stuff, and he looks unreal on the bike, but when I watch him ride, I'm thinking how this guy that I'm watching on the track at Walton, how can that guy finish you know fourth and fifth in a U.S. national? He doesn't look like the same guy to me. Obviously, I'm comparing different things here, but he just doesn't look like. And I don't know if it's the bike. Or just the amount of you know he's riding, you know he's lowering his stand, you know to mm-hmm. competition right. or what it is. But like I'm thinking, where is that guy that finished? You know, what did he get fourth in the series last year in the U.S. Right? Uh, fourth or fifth? Yeah, I don't know. Fourth, yeah. I think. Fourth. Yeah. I'm pretty sure fourth. Where was where was that guy? I mean, yeah, obviously you know he won motos and and whatnot. But you would think a guy that can finish fourth, you know, in the series in the U.S. could you know dominate up here. Well, if he had went to Indiana, where would you have put him? Yeah, I mean, f- I, I seven, eight, seven, eight, somewhere around there. For you sure. Think, I mean, right? he's better than Nicoletti, who went like nine, ten, and well, Hangtown, Hangtown, didn't he go like six, eight, or six, seven, yeah, or something, something like that? that yeah. yeah. Um, Colton came in just uh, by the end of the year. He was the best guy, I think, but just came in with that injury. That I like too. Like I think Digger. 
and even maybe in a, a preseason interview I saw with Colton, they all played it down about how, you know, oh, nah, crash wasn't bad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, but it really was. It really did um, hurt him. So, yeah, oh, it was for a sure. Big, well, he took like six. They did. Hmm? Go ahead. <laughs> well, he was like off the bike for at least four to six weeks before the season started. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's definitely got to play, you know, into it. I know, you know, he was kind of just getting comfortable with the bike and he was changing this and he was changing that at the beginning at the first few rounds. And, mm-hmm. man, he sure caught fire once Sandali hit and he got that moto win. But uh, it, it's crazy that even how, and I shouldn't say that he rode bad on the on the West, but he it wasn't the normal Colton, but he still – you know, stuck in there, and man, he made it exciting coming down to the to the end. It really couldn't have played out to be any better of a series. The uh, well, and oh, go if ahead. you go back and look at some of his stats, he actually had once once they hit Gopher Dunes, he had opportunity to win this title after it being getting down how close it was. At Gopher, he was uh, gonna should have finished second in the moto and ended up throwing it away and got a sixth, I believe. And then at Deschambault, he was leading. Uh, when Medi it was behind him and tipped over and lost another like three or four points. So there was like about a ten or twelve point toss away on his own this year, which you normally don't see from Colt. Uh, he just kind of had these little tip overs in second motors because he won. Uh, he went Sandalee, Deschambault, Moncton. Uh, did he win at freaking uh, Overton? Yeah, he did. He went one one. He won every moto. first moto from Sandalee to Walton. Hmm. Won every first yeah. moto. Um, one of the yeah, one of those years for sure. Like oh, like he's got three overalls. Many won three overalls. Gurky only won two. You know, one of those one of those weird years. I think. I think you could make a case that Colton and Brett were faster than Gurky, but it's ten rounds. It's twenty motos. So yep. I mean, would you guys both say that? Um. Okay. I don't know if I Maybe can not. say that actually, man. <laughs> right, okay. Well, f me. There then. was times. I mean, uh, Regina. Gurky let it start to finish in that second moto. Mm-hmm. So he showed the speed was there on the hard pack, and then right. obviously he did it at Gopher Dunes uh, in the roughest part of the team, too. So I would say maybe at times they were faster, but at times Gurky was faster, too. It's, it's across the board, even Steve. Right. Gurky, Gurky, to me, seemed like he had more fight into him coming through the pack, mid-moto, late-moto. He just was seemed, no matter what, if he was fifth with three laps to go, he was going to get to third no matter what. Matt's not yeah. a real big uh, thinker. Out there, you know. No. So it's just he's just <laughs> pinning it and going for it. Um, at first championship, first MX one for uh, OTSFF. Am I right? First title on anything. Oh really? Huh. Wow. That's their first title as a pro racing team, other than snowcross. Wow. Good job to those guys. Uh, yeah. What about this kill switch thing? I asked Matt about it in a race Rex interview, and I don't know if he was clever enough to just blow by it or what, but he just really played it off and didn't really even talk about it. But, I mean, is there anything to this, Caldy? Well, uh, did you watch my video? I watched the video. I it's did. pretty plain in sight, whether he's reaching for the kill switch or not. Um, but if you look at it uh, and you're thinking, obviously we can break this down like a courtroom here kind of thing, but why wouldn't he just grab the bike on the throttle side of the bar? Which was closer to him. Yeah, it was bike? closer to him. Right, now, he reached across from himself to grab the right hand side of the bike. He was pissed. And then you pissed. see Colton in the video, like sort of slapping his hand, like pushing it away. Right. So therefore, he was, you know, on the kill switch. 
And uh, um, he was pissed me at Colton. We're three feet away. I don't remember yeah. hearing the bike actually stall out, but everything was pretty loud at that time. Huh. And uh, he was pissed because Colton took him out, right? Yeah. 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 He was. He was pissed. The team. They had a. There was a bunch of team stuff going on after that. I never saw, but I guess uh, what the Yamaha guys were pissed at the GDR team, thinking that they were racing dirty for the final moto and and all that kind of stuff. Were... And to be honest, if, I think Newfoot agree with me. I think Colt saw room. But Gerke had half a bike on him and shut the door, and Colt just went too fast into it, and they ended up colliding. It wasn't – I don't believe there was a full, like, malicious takeout intended, but Gerke shut the door faster than Colt could get on the brakes. Hmm. It, was a, it was a full desperation move on, on Colt's end, but, I mean, hey, it, it pretty much – you know, if Matt – had a, if Colton had a, hadn't have gone down, there's no doubt in my mind that Colt would have went on to win that moto, and Matt would have only got like, you know, sixth or whatever he got, yeah. and that would have been the championship. You don't want to yeah. decide it like that, though. That's brutal. I think. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't dirty in the aspect of where he fully t-boned him, came right. across the corner. It was. There was a inch of room, and Colt tried to do it, and it didn't work for either one of them. So. Um. Is it just? I was let down by Cole Thompson a bit. 65 points behind Matt, um, 20 points behind Meddy. Noof, what would you think? Yeah, I mean. Took a year off, know, he, though. I mean, he had a year off, so there is that. Yeah, he he did. He did. But, I mean, Kamloops, he was, I would think, after the first round, he had some soul searching to do because he was not even remotely close to those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just didn't look right out there. And then, you know, he came back at Nanaimo. Yeah, it is Nanaimo, worst track in North America, but, you know, he was... He won, yep. He, he did. <laughs> and, you know, he, he was he was just kind of average all year. I mean, I think that he probably had a lot more in him, but, uh, you know, I think it would take a year or so to get, uh, you know, get his mm-hmm. you know, speed and fitness and everything built back up. But he sure is a nice rider to watch. Smoothest guy on the track. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is Canadian's Kevin Wyndham. Yeah. He is yeah. beautiful to watch. I just feel like when it comes down to uh, a f- the the end of the there's 30 seconds left and you've got no energy and you need to drop three or four bombs to try to knock the guy out he he doesn't have that right now in his career like I just feel like those guys have that gnarly aggressive sort of lay it on the mm-hmm. line compared to him just like what Carmichael would do to 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 Kevin kind of thing just a, a little bit more on the edge uh, to win a title or win enough races to win a title. And uh, Medallia, Tyler Medallia, Cade Clayson, and Canari were kind of in their group all, group together all year. Canari just taping up his jaw or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Bobby. That's uh, so. This is uh, uh, three years in a row. He's been number seven. Am I right? Uh, no, he was number two before last year. They got number seven. Two years in a row at number seven. Yeah, two years. But he had it. A, he had it a time before too. This is oh, okay. third number seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kay Clayson was kind of under the radar, Noof, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he was good. I mean, uh, he came in, yeah, totally. Nobody knew where he would uh, would stack up, and was solid all year. I mean, he had some motos where you know it looked to you know he was better than where he finished, but uh, yeah, he was a solid addition. I mean, he wasn't anywhere near the top three guys, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, in that next group, like you said, right? Keys to come back. To the Nationals full-time? What do you think, Noof? I, I can't ask Galdi because he'll just blow on and on about him. But. 
Yeah, no, I thought it was a it was a good effort. He definitely went all in. I mean, he put his job on hold and you know did the training. I mean, he dropped a ton of weight. I don't know if anybody, well, Galdi would know. You know, the size of him last year to the size of him this year was quite a big difference. So mm-hmm. that was uh, that was good. But I mean, really, the the thing that impressed me most all year, besides you know he got a top ten number again, was that he actually made the motos at Indiana last week. So yeah, that was right. I, really surprising. I mean, I knew that he could ride the motos and and be competitive and where he finished but qualifying he's not i mean there was there was times this year where he qualified like 20 21st <laughs> really in canada really? i'm not i'm not even kidding you <laughs> all and three of us on this phone for sure last week when asked hey how's he's gonna do he's not gonna qualify yeah no, yes. i agree yeah i agree yeah, absolutely. and then he didn't and then he did exactly how you would have thought it would so awesome for him for that for sure i didn't think it no way yeah, well, I think they got him and Tyler both benefited from a track that, you know, they hammered down as soon as that green flag went, and they yeah. were smart yeah. enough to do that. And kudos to them; they got yeah. good times. Because the second practice wasn't good enough to make the motos, right. from what I saw. But you know, first one worked. Does, uh, yeah, good for him. Does, he deserved to be in there. And while we're and while we're hammering on Monster Kawasaki, this whole podcast, let's let's pr- continue. Uh, Teddy Mayer, uh, not a good not a good year. He this might be it for Teddy Mayer. Right. Yeah, tough one for him, man. Broke, he, his, uh, uh, broke his hand. The guy. Or I remember. I think we were talking about this new. Uh, Kimber was on the phone or Walton, but like, how can a guy drop the fastest lap time like it's nothing in practice, qualify first, and then not even crack top six? Uh, you're just well, like, what's he, going he did on? It a couple. He did it a couple times this year. Yeah. I think he was fastest at Nanaimo and Regina. Yeah. Or maybe Calgary and Regina, but it was he was fastest guy a couple times and then could not get through the pack, get a start, get nothing. Right. He just whether he was fighting the bike this year or somebody, yeah, he just he was not uh, not the same guy that won a couple MX2 titles and uh, even the guy that was last year that got the number five kind of thing. Just no no luck, no nothing seemed to go his way. It just uh, once the gate dropped, it was just another guy on it. Yeah, it um it seems like uh, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe does Teddy want to come up? Like it was kind of a late signing, right? Like it was like, hey, we got a th- we got a bike for you a little bit. I don't know. No, he was on it kind of all the time. Okay. He was sort of in the waiting to see um, if right. Jason Hughes had to sell his kids to pay for the rest of Medi's contract. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does Metcalf go back next year? Do we know? He, he wants to. Does he? Okay. Yeah, all he'd right. like to. He's enjoying He says he's got at least two, maybe three more years of something like right. this in it. Right. And our series is a little more maybe laid back and not yeah. so hard on the body and, and all that kind of stuff. So And, and – uh, Matt's gonna come back, right, for OTSF? Yeah, Matt's. I would hope so. Yeah, I think he is. So he's with BTO in the winter, isn't he? Yeah, uh, no, no, he's Jimmy Albertson. Albertson. Yeah, yeah going for yeah. Jimmy. Albertson. Oh, Jimmy Albertson. Sorry. Okay. Um, John Dowd came up. New fifty, <laughs> fifty years old. I know. Isn't that crazy? Got eighth. He it's got almost eighth. like if it wasn't John Dowd, it would be such an embarrassment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good. Like if it was, yeah. if it was Tommy Frankie or whatever. Right. Right. At fifty years, at forty-nine years old, getting eights and nines in the four in the MX1 class, it would be like, all yeah. right, this is an amateur hour. But uh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's, that's good. To see. I can't even imagine. I'm thirty-one years old, and I have I can't even hardly do the moto. So fifty <laughs> years old, man. He's dicing, dicing. He's faster than his kid. Right? Somebody drug test that guy. I know. <laughs> yeah, always. Got the Adderall steady. Um, <laughs> was there a weirder race in Calgary with Vince Freeze coming up and winning? <laughs> All, oh, like, right? Uh, weird deal. 
Good for him, though. 3-1, right? He went 1-3 one, or 3-1. 1-3. One. One, one, 4. 1-4. Four. Four. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's... that's, uh, that's as a team right there, uh, there's a guy to hire. Get him away from the, the craziness of all the other stuff that goes on. And I don't the know. The guy can win races. Yeah. Yeah, why not? I guess. I sure. mean, you know him more than we do. We only well, yeah. we know him for a year in Canada, so they seem like an all right guy and all that stuff. Does he have a lot more baggage behind him down in the U.S. as well? Is that why that his his only option is the the Moto Concept deal? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Kyle Regal came came down came up to race the two fifty two stroke for Redemption. No, no, just for Husky, Husky Canada. Oh, Husky Canada. Who who gets fired for not knowing the rules where he immediately has to go to MX1? Uh, it's a pretty small company, so I don't know. <laughs> JSR? Do we blame JSR for that? That's uh... No, he wouldn't even know what the vault is. Okay. <laughs> I guarantee JSR doesn't even know what the vault is. But that was the plan, and then how did the just everyone cut you onto it and be like, wait a minute, is that kind of how it went? Well, actually, I, me and, was it me and you doing a podcast news about that, yeah. looking into the – the stuff like that, and I actually thought it was fine. I missed something too, and then all of a sudden, uh, somebody must have done the done the math well, and let them know, or let Stollybrass know. Well, we questioned it. We were like, "Wait, is he?" And then we were kind of like, oh, "Whatever." It was getting later in the day, so we just let it, let it go. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, he, he's eligible. And then, of course, the next day, it was like, "He's no longer eligible." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We gotta, we gotta yeah. go. It's, it's Kyle Regal. I, yeah. I highly doubt anybody to listened to our. Brad podcast. was screaming that news, so we had to get off the phone. Yeah, <laughs> the braces sell more braces. I know. Uh, surprises and disappointments for 450 class. Uh, I'll st- I'll go with you, Galdi, to start with you. I started with Newf last time. Give me your surprise and your disappointment in the MX1. Oh, my surprise is Matt Gerke, 100%. Uh, did not pick him to win. Did not pick him to podium at the end of the year. And the guy fully uh, surprised me at every single round uh, that I was able to witness and that I followed. So big surprise was him for sure. Uh, disappointment, um... Uh, you know what, I don't really have, I guess maybe a little bit of Cole Thompson, but I kind of had it on place there, but I don't really have anybody a disappointment. I think everybody that was in the top 10 or in and around where, where they finished is right where I, right where I figured it. Uh, you didn't give me a chance to talk about Kyle Keast, but no, I not, picked yeah, him. You, you can't be. I picked him to finish eighth at the beginning of the year if you want to go and re, uh, rewind that old podcast. Just saying. Um, like anybody's going uh, like to check that. I <laughs> uh, I don't really have a disappointment in MX1, man. I feel like it was awesome to watch. There was nobody that let me down. Um, I, I I would like to see a little bit more fight in Thompson sometimes. That's about it. Right. Uh, Noof? Uh, biggest surprise, Matt Gorky, for sure, no doubt. And biggest disappointment, not one single round of the 10-round series with more than 40 MX1 guys. It's pathetic. It's sad. What needs to change? Twenty some dudes in Moncton. Like, come on. Well, what? Twenty seven guys finished the second moto in Moncton. What? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. Well, it's pathetic. What are we a GP here? What's the <laughs> What's the issue? Why is it dropped? What's happened? Noof. There's no these. The, well, first of all, it all boils back to the local level. There's no local pros anymore. The mm-hmm. pro scene yeah. at a local level is just pathetic. Yeah. I just. Uh, I just. You know, uh, CTI Trevor Greaves. Yeah, he came to Indiana with me, and I was talking to him about Manitoba, and he pretty much just said that exactly same thing about the pro class in Manitoba. Yeah, yeah, it's it's brutal. I mean, I go to all the local races in our area, and you know we're getting 
me and Dusty clad on the line. Like, and like, come on, wait. Well, that was just that was one time though. Noof. Well, that was one time, Noof. but wait. there's two or three dudes. You you went to the island to race Dusty. Tell the yeah. story of the guy. Oh yeah. Tell the story of the guy. <laughs> the guy. The super fan guy. The guy walks up to me in the morning. Yeah. Dusty Klatt's there. It's a pro purse money race. That's mm-hmm. the reason Dusty came out. Home track. Right. Um, I'm there prepping my bike, doing something. The guy walks up and says, oh, hey, good to see you here. How do you feel about your chances of beating Dusty today? I said, well, to be quite honest with you, I feel pretty confident. I mean, the guy hasn't raced in, you know, two and a half years. Um, getting a little bit older, doesn't ride that much. I ride all the time, rode a couple nationals. He looks at me and looks down at me because I'm down on my knees doing yep. air pressure or something. He says, right. you have no chance of beating Dusty here. He's going to beat you so bad that you're going to go home after the first moto. <laughs> was it listenable? Like, hey, was it, listen- I, was it listenable? As he's saying this, I'm, like, letting the air out of my tire because I'm, like, can't even believe that this guy is saying that. Are you sure it wasn't Lissamore? With a- I think it was Lissamore with a mustache, uh, you know, disguise on. Oh, uh, and you beat him. You ended up beating him. Well, I mean, yeah, again, and the, and yeah. the funny thing, we joked about it all day, is that I went 1-1 that day made $1,000 riding around at 70% and out of shape. Mm-hmm. And riding 15-minute motos, and Benoit risked his life for $800 going 1-1 at Moncton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah. That's a problem. How about that guy, though? That guy. I'd like to find that, that guy. guy. I'd like it to... might have been Tommy Frankie. <laughs> it might have been. Oh, that's who it was. That's who oh. It was. oh, and nothing against Dusty. He just doesn't ride that much anymore. He's no, just, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. That, that was the thing. It wasn't like the Dusty Cloud of three, four years ago, right, you know, the Campbell right. River Crusher. It was... Working man, Dusty, you know. Blown out knee, Dusty. <laughs> yeah, just having fun, and this guy was putting all the expectations on him. So. <laughs> you have no chance of beating No chance. <laughs> no, no. Go no. home now. Go home now and save the embarrassment of yourself. <laughs> and back, uh, uh, that's, that is awesome. But that local level thing, Noof, I think you know the answer is, is that it, you, you got in a Twitter argument with that guy on the quad. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> you're making good points of what you're saying, just the fact that there's the, no pro in today's standard can just go to the track in a pickup truck or a van. No. Whether it's their dad helping or whatever it is, they need some big trailer, they need to have two sets of rims, they need to have chains and sprockets everywhere, extra sets of bars, plastics, uh, five race sets of guy. graphics. They can't just show up to the race mm-hmm. with a bike, you know, get their suspension done, and go and race anymore and then just you know, try to bank on how good they are or, uh, that day. It, it, it's it's bizarre because I feel like there's no way that that should have changed. I mean, I grew up racing like that. I got a picture of myself beside McGrath on the start line at Daytona Supercross 98. I got a bone stock Yamaha. It's two weeks old. Bone stock, suspension, motor, everything. Now, definitely that's a change a lot, but at the local level, why aren't guys just doing that? I just well, it, it's it, it sucks. And I'm I'm running local level races now, and when I talk to the pros, all they want to know is how much money I can pay them. Well, but when I raced pro and I wasn't winning Manitoba, I'd win the odd moto here and there or whatever. I don't know if I ever won an overall in the expert class. I would race two classes and I was top three to five guy and I'd come home with five, six hundred dollars and yeah. uh, which I was making 
a hundred or two out of that. If it was a race, you had to stay at a hotel and gas. Or, but like I was yeah. perfectly happy to make a hundred or two hundred dollars a weekend profit. You know what I mean? I would make five or six hundred total, and uh, and I was happy with that. I don't because know if you, you can. Lo- do- you love the sport though. These kids nowadays they don't love it like we love it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we're on this more like we, just something we, for we them to three, do. We do everything moto. These kids. They, there's so many other things for them to do, and dad sits at home and tries to make him the next superstar when the kid doesn't want to do it. Like I was, yeah, 600 bucks. I was like, oh, sweet. I made 600 bucks. You well, know? Like a local race here in, in our area, you get 200% payback. You get 10, 15 pros. First, if you go 1-1, you're coming out with like 250, 300 bucks. Yeah. You know, uh, there, it, it would be better if, or nicer if we could make it better. Uh, Ian Hayden has a race, the Motor Park Cup. It's uh, two fifty a moto win. You got four motos a weekend, so you could walk away with a grand. Mm-hmm. So there are races there that you know people pick and choose and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's just it's hard too now. The promoters of the tracks aren't making as much money because the races aren't being as big as they used to be. So they're not willing to put the money into the pros, and then all of a sudden the pros hear that, and then no pros show at all, other than maybe two or five. So the promoters like, yeah, I'm not paying you nothing. Forget yeah. it. I'll give you a hundred percent. Well, kind of thing. Like, it's like the pros aren't the show anymore at the local level. It's coming way of thinking. Bringing this around to the CMRC Nationals, like I do feel like CMRC needs to reinvent themselves or think of something to do differently. But I don't well, need more. One hundred percent. But here, I'll, I'll ask you this, Steve. Although I guess you got DMX's competition, if you will, or when I don't know how you sit on the fence with those guys, but. There's no competition. I, first for of him. all, I agree with Big Wave that you're unprofessional. So that's where I stand. <laughs> he has no competition. So why make anything better? Yeah, no, I guess. He's got a monopoly on it, man. Well, MX Sports, no... MX Sports has no competition. They're trying to make it better. They're not perfect either. Don't get me wrong. But they're not, right. they're not you know, they're trying to make it better. I, 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 I don't know. doesn't think that way. Ollie <laughs> doesn't think that way. Um,. All right, anything else? Do we want to touch on anything else? Go Team uh, Canada. Oh, are there, wait. Are there, well, actually, let's touch on Indiana. What do you guys think? Uh, I tell you what, Colton rode well, but I already know Colton's a world-class rider, and so do you guys, I think. Uh, yeah. Tyler Medallia really impressed me. Good job by him, man. Uh, he was so far back in that first moto. Second moto, he held it strong. You know, third, And like I wrote in my Racer X thing, like, the second half of the season, there was no way he was in twenty within twenty fifteen twenty seconds of Colton, and no. uh, at at uh, Indiana he was for thirty minutes. So, I was impressed with Tyler. You guys, I, I would say I would say Tyler's ride at Indiana was probably the best ride he had all year. <laughs> it might have been. Kamloops was good. Kamloops was good, but still, that was thirteenth in the second moto. Man, that was that's pretty impressive. I and being that and being that close to Colton. Yeah, I felt like, well, the more you talk to him, you, he just kept saying, like, dude, the track, the gnarlier the track got, the better I felt. Yeah. Like, he just kept getting sort of stronger. So, the, that, I guess everybody keeps saying that that place was gnarly on the weekend. Yeah, so. even the regular guys were like, because it was so wet and it was ruddy and, and rough. Uh, Benoit, good job by him. Yeah, um, solid. Yeah. You know, he goes from a 252 stroke to a 450 in a week. There's, there's no arguing with you today, Steve. You gave them all A's. <laughs> well, I kind of did that on purpose. I also talked everybody's about everybody's a winner. Go, I also, go. I also talked about Tim Fossi. Horton's Tim Horton's hockey. Everybody can win. I also talked about how Fasciati was going to win the moto. Um, I know. I so, like. That. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Dungy. Right. My my tongue was in my cheek the whole article, so I just wanted to give everybody an A for because honestly, like these Canadians are pretty sensitive, and I really enjoyed seeing six guys down there. 
Yeah. Uh, let's keep When's that. the last time that happened? Well, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So let's well, keep... Hey, like I told you today, there were seven. Don't forget Eric Jeffrey. Damn it. I, yeah, I forgot. Um, All right, but still. But seven awesome. guys, like, when's the last time that happened? Never. And good job by everybody who's to do it. Um, and I'm not going to give them anything but A's because maybe yeah. that'll scare them away. So. Yeah. You got shit on a couple times on Twitter about it, but it was still funny. Did I? Why? What do you mean? No, just like people gooning you. But, whoa, does every Canadian just get an A? And oh, yeah, a couple yeah. things. That you yeah, yeah, I just, yeah, That's just funny stuff. But uh, they all did a great job. Even the, even though that Jeremy got hurt and, and Sean and, and Eric didn't make it, mm-hmm. they gave it a shot, man. They went down and tried it. Like, it's not like the, the U.S. national is like this unreachable entity and you can't make it happen. Um, Sean Robinson, uh, Jeremy Medallia, Kevin Benoit, um, and uh, or that's it. No, sorry, those three guys were on bikes that they had not ridden up until that race. You know I mean? like, they all just went for it. Like and, whether their suspension was set up perfectly or whatever it was, they just went for it. I loved it. You know, uh, and talking about you mentioned this earlier, Goldy, talking about Tyler, like, and uh, in, in, in talking to him at the race, I wouldn't be surprised if he quote unquote went for it, and we started seeing him in GNCC racing more and more. You know, I really well, he's doing the rest of them this year, I believe. Yeah, I don't know how many are left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's. I mean, the Medallia family—they're those type of people. Like they don't care. No, if they've got a bike set up properly or the right numbers on it or whatever the hell it is. They're just they oh. want to race. They love competition. No, and I remember them showing up at Redbud years ago. And I don't. Th- I think both brothers made it, but didn't score any points. But it was the weekend off of a of a Canadian national, and they were just like, you know what, screw it. And yeah, I, and, and, and that's what happened. That's what guys used to do: rollerball and JSR, and even you know, even new guys, you know, like uh, Bill Wallen would do that. Or whatever. Well, now hopefully that maybe you know the the our younger racers or, or middle aged pro guys, whatever you want to call them, they see this and say, "Wow, those guys signed up and did it in one week. I, I could do this now. This should be easy." Right. You know, I think that's the other thing that frightens a lot of the kids up here uh, from doing is they they don't know the process to go about it. Like, shouldn't you? I, is, is, I don't know anything about Dylan Wright and his family. I've met his dad. I know he listens to the Pulp Show and stuff. Nice guy. Uh, do they have any money? I don't even know. But like, no. oh, okay. Like, no. I, I feel like, like, uh, Canada will be there. So go take Dylan and do the Supercross series to the West Coast. I don't know. You know, and then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, go back to Canada. A hundred would be great. There's, but I guess if you don't have, you they, don't, that, they don't have the money. That takes sure. money. Need, yes, that takes money. They would need the somebody sad behind thing it for is, The sad thing is, is that once for a majority of our pro riders or the guys that are racing the nationals doing the full series here, once Walton's over, they're like, all right, well, I'm done until next year. Right. Yeah. Dude, the season's just beginning. Arena cross, super cross, yeah. whatever. There's so much stuff. I mean, yeah. never, not that I was ever at a, a super high, high level, but, man, I couldn't wait for Walton to be over. That way arena cross started, and that's where I made money, and I, did, I made money in arena cross. And then I went and rode Supercross for a year and did it out of the back of a truck. But that's just because I I thought it was cool to do. I guess it's not cool anymore. Yeah. No. I yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I got my ten weeks of the year and I'm good. Ten. Yeah. Ten. And I, I mean, riding Supercross for me. Did I think that I was going to make a main event? No, probably not. But I made the night shows and that was pretty damn cool. Right. Right. Couldn't wait till the yeah, next one. Right. And and for making a night show, that's uh, six hundred dollars or whatever. It was like seven fifty. There we go. See, yeah, seven fifty. So like, you were making money racing. I was making money to go to the next round. Right, which is yeah, you're not getting rich, yeah. but yeah, no. exactly. I was, I was, I was living from week to week, just like most of us do, anyways, mm-hmm. on a normal job. Yeah. 
and uh, I was racing 12 months a year, and I couldn't. I, it was the best experience I ever did, and it made me a better rider. And we don't have we don't have one dude doing that now. Not one. I mean, I don't want to turn this into like Betty Bitter podcast because it's turning that way. <laughs> oh, but it's lost. It's lost its prestige or lost no. its cool factor or something. I mean, maybe us uh, are just the idiots. Are we all just idiots now that think that way? Well, I, well, I walked. Maybe. Up, maybe we all walked uphill to school uh, both ways. You know, I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. I didn't think it was that tough. It was just uh, a great experience, and uh, yeah. Nobody does it anymore. That's exactly, I don't know. That's exactly it. it was, it's a great I mean, experience. I get, that, I get that these guys, like, you know, for example, I'm going to use, like, Tyler and Jeremy for an example. These guys want to be competitive. They just don't want to be another entry on the gate. But, you know, you got to start somewhere. Dude, say uh, Fasciati, he's going to be 27. How old's Beats now? If? No, they're going to be 28, man. 28 here soon, right? Yeah, they're 27 now. Is that is that too old to say like you know Cole in the last couple of years he's done well he's probably made a hundred grand or so uh, why not invest thirty forty thousand dollars in yourself he'll get a free bike he'll get suspension he can live a GPF he could find some random buddy of his to uh, smoke cigarettes and drive some van across the country with his bike in it and then have a mechanic buddy you know I don't know I just I, I want to see somebody invest in it. And I feel like that's, he's the kind of guy that could set the tone for everybody else, or even if it's Tyler or Jeremy, but just take that money and invest it in yourself to see if it can make it. I mean, I know yeah, it's a lot to ask, but that's these guys. These see. guys got families now and houses. We need the young generation, the Dylan Wrights and the Jesse Pettises and these guys yeah, to yeah, somehow, yeah. somehow scoop up the money and, you know, to be able to do it. But, you know, come out here, ride arena cross, put, 10, 15 grand in your pocket, and then go ride Supercross until your money's run out. Yeah. That's how it Well, this year, too, you got two Arena Cross series, right? With So there should be money to be made for there's some Ontario yeah. guys that can make money. And BC, there's one in Calgary for some Alberta guys mm-hmm. if they want to make some money. So there's yeah, money to be made now to help yourself get into the winter. Yeah, those BC yeah. Arena Crosses, they're going on again, right, Noof? And yeah. they pay well. I cannot believe how much they pay. You can make, if you're, you can make four grand a weekend. It's insane. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, it, you could make more, but then you got to race Newf in the dash for cash. Yeah, good luck with that. Right. Nobody's going to win that. Right. So. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, not to go against the other arena cross, but Justin Thompson is starting his arena cross now, and it's got almost the identical or a little bit more purse uh, going on starting now yeah, as well. Is, I saw so. the press release for that, and it's not going to BC, right? It's just going to Alberta? No, no it, it is going, going to BC. BC. Oh, it is. Uh, so one round. Penticton, BC, and then Calgary. Okay. So that's... Once again, that's going to cause some issues with our riders doing one series or another. Is that how it's going to work? No. I, I hope they not. just do one. I hope they at least pick one to do. <laughs> yeah, I guess we I, should complain, right? Yeah, I mean, now they got some options. Yeah. Well, I think that the AX Tour 1 will hopefully see, like, you know, the uh, the bigger team, Canadian team guys doing it. Uh, a monster apparently is getting involved maybe, so maybe you'll see the Monster Thor guys, the OTSF guys. But the BC Arena Cross is a great series for the local pro guy, Washington State guys. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, like Psycho North has already hired Scott Champion to come up and do it. So there's, it's going to have a good flow as far as for both series, from what is I'm hearing right now. Seven Deuce Deuce going back? Do we know? No, but you know where the se- Seven Deuce Deuce is coming to a, a local outdoor race next weekend up here in my neck of the woods? He is? 
to do to yeah i i don't i saw the yeah it's kind of weird he's going to announce or something like that <laughs> rap for eight hours over this <laughs> yeah seriously i feel like i feel like i need a percentage of seven deuce deuce's income i feel like i've done something here you have done uh, a lot for him you've definitely helped put that guy on the map i need i need a, i need to cut i need to be like the manager like uh will he be doing like supercross again all year like yeah. where does he get the money for that yeah oh, he, he does just what noob said he makes enough to get to the each round yeah, okay. He's got sponsors, and you know, and he's a borderline main event guy, and he's yeah. exactly he's living the dream, and he's getting to each round via, you know, top ten LCQ, if not main events. So that's I, I look at know. it like this: you scrounge enough money to sign up for the first round and do your prep, and if you go to the first round with five bucks in your pocket, hopefully you can make seven hundred and fifty to a thousand, and that will carry you on. Yeah, sign up for another two rounds and just keep going until it runs out. Yeah, sounds um, like a good. All right, Good, well, uh, uh, I wanted to dedicate this podcast to machine racing. John, the moaner, Nelson. Yeah. R- it is. Uh, R.I.P. Machine racing. Rest uh, in peace, machine. It Greatest is, uh, shop ever in the history of Canadian motocross. It probably was. It probably yeah, was. Um, there's a lot of memories and a lot of good times at that place, and you'll never meet another shop that would put more money into the sport that never seems to give any back. <laughs> I, I showed up there uh, for Moto Park. The week before the Amateur National, I needed a part, and someone told us to go to this shop. I showed up. This guy's yelling and screaming. There's a chippy and a bippy and a skippy, and the owner's yelling and screaming, and then um, he helps he, he helps us out big time and even lets us stay in a trailer of his buddies uh, overnight, my dad and I, and we're just like, who is this dude? That's how I met John Nelson. And, uh, yeah, good lad right there. Yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, all the things that we can't talk about that he makes fun of, and it's hilarious. Uh, and he hated Noof for a while. Remember, he hated Noof? Now we're best friends. despised him. Yep, despised Noof for being a rock star or whatever. And then Noof went out there, and they're buddy, friends forever. Yeah, and he got in trouble for that because Keith uh, told him that he had to like me, so then he ended up liking me, and then now Keith is mad because we're too good of friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a true story. That is a true uh, story. Uh, Nelson, the machine racing helped out Sirwall and, and Hoover and Nicholson. The riders over the years that the machine has come through machine racing, right? Phil Lawrence. You know what? Factor uh, Phil. Phil Lawrence. While this epic thing about machine racing is for how many years they went there and all the pros' names and fast guys in this, they literally only have one outdoor motocross championship to their name. Really? And they actually didn't really earn it, and Nelson always got pissed for years when we said it, but they had Carl Valancourt from 94 into 95. He started riding. He had the number one already, mm-hmm. but he did win the 250 at the end of that year, and that was the one title that John won, outdoor motocross. Mm. I even, growing up in Manitoba, I bought two bikes from Nelson. Wow. Yeah. He shipped, shipped them up to me. Oh, gave me a good price, better than any dealer in, in Winnipeg, and so I bought two bikes from the dude. So Solid guy, man. Solid guy. Okay, uh, Ryan, the Noof, go sell some braces, although you're done for the day now. I'm done. Did you tell your bosses that you'd be promoting Atlas in Matrix? I run the show around here, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that means they're not sitting close. Yeah, exactly. No, they all left. They all left. Nobody's here. I'm here solo. Uh, nice. GuaranteedMX.com, Ryan Gold. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Canadian Motocross uh, event session, rant session, slash season wrap-up. Uh, thanks, boys. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. See ya. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. 
Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that state when I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike, you're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working-class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. Those are the days.